Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Ozfiz Live from our Barangaroo Studios. Great to have your company for the call. Um, 10 stocks picked by you. You send them in. I put them to our expert panel. We do it all in one hour. We've got a fair bit to get through today. A lot going on. Um, panel today, uh, David Lane of Audbinet in, um, in Brisbane. David, how are you, sir? I'm very well. Excellent to be here again. Uh, good to see you. And Jessica Amir of Moomoo in Sydney. How are you, Jessica? Thank you for joining us so on the call. Good. Thanks for having us, David. Um, Jess, how's the market kick the week off? What's your What's your reading of it? Well, we're still waiting for a lot of data out from the US this week, so that's pretty much uh, got us, right. I guess, pretty much sitting on our hands. A lot of um, a lot of our commodity players are also waiting for uh, industrial profits as well. So that'll be a huge, uh, maybe game changer for commodity prices and some of our big miners as well. So kind of like sitting a bit pretty at the moment. Yeah, exactly. I want those Americans to get back to work and get some data out. Uh, too, <laughs> too distracted by uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, we need some direction. All right, let's take a look at the stocks that you want us to uh, run our eye over. Uh, this first half hour, we'll be covering APA, uh, Ingham, uh, retail Super Retail Group, Acro Formwork, and Laserbond. A uh, good cross section of stocks, though. Uh, stock of the day, which I I pick, a stock that's in the news. Thought we'd focus on Adore Beauty because uh, we haven't covered it here on the call for a while. Uh, Adore Beauty has responded to media reports. It has received a non-binding indicative offer from British e-commerce retailer. THG, uh, confirming the news. Um, it's also rejected uh, the approach at between $1.25 and $1.30. Um, shares uh, saying it significantly undervalued the company and didn't align with the best interests of shareholders. Uh, you can see the reaction of the market there up at 20%. Adore Beauty share price uh, has been absolutely crushed since it listed, what, two or three years ago. And um, it's been uh, before uh, today's news. End of last week, it was around 95 cents, bid between $1.25, $1.35. But in recent years, it's been as high as $6. So it's a really interesting uh, uh, move on this and response from directors. Uh, David Lane, what did you think of the offer and what should shareholders be doing? I think that uh, shareholders who are currently in it should should certainly be holding and, and looking for a higher um, bid to come. Um, Adore is, is one of those businesses that was the darling during the, the COVID lockdown period. Uh, it's an online beauty um, product seller. They did very, very well. Their sales coming out of the or into the COVID uh, period were very, very strong. 
What we've seen though in recent years is their their revenue and their sales uh, have declined, and I guess of a big concern is their profitability. So they had about $180 million of sales in the last year, but their EBITDA was only $600,000. So they're you know, struggling to, to turn a profit. Uh, the business trends in recent years have been declining as far as the, the sales are concerned. So certainly when it first came onto the market, it was, it was priced very well and priced for long-term growth. Um, they achieved that growth in the short term, but haven't really been able to sustain that recently. So, yes, obviously okay. shareholders who have been in it have been suffering for a long period of time. Uh, so, yeah, I'd be holding on to them. Um, you know, at, at a dollar eleven or dollar twelve at the moment, there is upside if that bid continues. But the management did actually say that the the potential bid was um, had a lot of conditions attached to it. Uh, so it's probably not the the last that we see of this would you uh, put new money um, in so i guess oh, mm. it's difficult at the moment i i probably wouldn't it's not a stock that that odds cover and i think it is a, a stock that you know has a, a a number of issues around it as as i said the their revenues have been declining and they're struggling to to generate a profit so it's probably one I'd be steering mm -hmm. clear of if you don't already have it. Yeah. Uh, Jess, what do you think? As we saw from that five-year graph, it was it was a pandemic, darling, wasn't it? Uh, launched around the pandemic, got to $6.70. Even the start of this year, it was around $1.70. Now at 95 cents, been lots of talk in the media over recent, not just in the last uh, day or two, but the last couple of weeks that it could be attractive to someone from overseas. Um, what do you think of it? Well, I guess if you are currently in it, definitely uh, wait and hold and see if we do get a subsequent offer, and that's probably going to be likely. But if you're not in it, um, I would be pretty bearish on the stock. And the fact of the matter is um, pretty much spelling out the pictorial view of what you were highlighting from a chart, but it really il illustrates the the plight of uh, of Aussies. And so consumers are pretty much doing it tough, and that's why their earnings margins are paper wafer thin. So you're looking at earnings growth of two to four percent. That's pretty small. Um, so I do think there's better opportunities elsewhere. But why uh, they've declined the offer as well? Think about uh, their subscriber growth. That's a pretty new revenue line for Adore. Um, and so this new line it is pretty attractive for those in the beauty space. So they're offering 18 brands um, that a lot of uh, ladies, I guess, and men know and love, like SkinCeuticals, for example. They've got pretty sticky customers. But basically, you get a discount when you sign up through Adore. And then they replenish your orders when they, when they get low, say, about after 12 weeks. So that's going to keep a lot of active, sticky customers. But still, all in all, I think the earnings growth margins are still too small for my uh, for my liking to put my money where my mouth is. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think the long storm long term yeah. growth stories there. So so hold on to it. Don't put new money into it. It's really interesting because Jess, this was a, a stock that. Um, a lot of people said would be insulated from a downturn because, you know, beauty products can be those small 
uh, sort of less expensive rewards to, to boost you up, like the old lipstick index of year, decades, decades ago. And it just hasn't worked out. And I noticed this morning there was a trade out from uh, trading update from Dusk, who do the candles. And you would think, well, that's another classic purchase that doesn't cost you a lot of money, but makes you feel good. But their, their sales were down as well. It is a really tough time for those retailers. Uh, there's not much margins in these type of profits, uh, particularly while we've got the RBA hiking interest rates. You know, we've got another rate hike on the table. So mm. I really don't think um, if you are looking to deploy new capital, I really don't think these type of players are the place that are going to offer the most upside, uh, Koshi. So I, I do think that there's there's better avenues for growth in some of those I think we'll touch on today. Okay, excellent. All right, let's go to the uh, the first stock you want us to look at. And uh, David Lang, Guy wants a view on API. Now, Guy says, should I load up now um, because it's at a multi-year low on these key yeah. infrastructure stocks or wait? Of course, APA is, for want of a better description, like a toll road, but for gas, is it? They own all the pipelines yeah. that the gas producers uh, used to, to ship their gas gas to market and APA takes a clip of the ticket along the way, a bit like a, a road toll. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, ex- exactly. And it, uh, from that point of view, it sits very well. They've got high quality assets. The dividend yield is about 6.7%. So you're getting paid very well for those assets. Uh, and longer term, they are strategic assets and and i guess you know what we're finding is it's an area that hasn't had as much government regulation as some other sectors in the infrastructure space so we actually like their current assets uh we've got an accumulate recommendation on it Mm. probably one of the concerns with apa group and the the infrastructure um sector in general is the fact that they're now shifting towards renewable so apa group a few years ago was looking at growing into the USA, they've actually changed and they're now focusing on Australia, but but looking at expanding in renewable energy. So solar farms, wind farms, et cetera, uh, which is a positive from a longer term point of view, but that does come at a high cost. So some of the concerns about the growth of APA in the future are that they're going to be investing a lot of money in these new assets that will take some time to actually pay off so it means that their their earnings over time will actually decline a little bit. Um, mm. But if you're taking that long-term view, it's a good way to get exposure to renewable energy. Um, but we think at current levels, good value. We've got an accumulate recommendation on it. We think their fair value okay. is about $9.30. All right. So, so does accumulate meet the um, guy's question on load up? on <laughs> APA or you'd be a, a bit more sanguine? <laughs> yeah, not quite. Um, our our buy would be a load up, if you like. Right. Um, so we, we anticipate that there'd be more than 15% growth out of a buy recommendation, but out of an accumulate, we think that between 15 and 0% return over a 12-month time frame. So okay. accumulate one of those ones that you add to your portfolio, um, but take advantage of, of weakness in share prices like we're seeing at the moment. Okay. Uh, Jess, what do you think of APA? Because 
Um, these infrastructure stocks have been pretty popular with some of the big superannuation funds taking them out, haven't they? Like, there aren't many left um, after Sydney Airport has gone and a few of the others to super funds. Would they look at something like this? Is there an M&A opportunity in the future? Yeah, it's a great question. It is tightly held, absolutely, uh, by those large players that you've mentioned, but also, of course, um, more broadly, ETFs also across the retail landscape. But I think um, that would be something to consider. But also you could think about a potential um, maybe takeover. I'm just putting it out there, maybe from the likes of Fortescue Metals. And the reason that I say that is because if you think about one of uh, FMG's projects, uh, in the Pilbara, uh, that Alinta, which uh, which is owned yeah. by APA, um, FMG is developing a solar uh, project, so 100 megawatts, um, and that is going to replace uh, the current resource that they rely upon that's owned by Alinta, that's owned by APA. Right. So obviously um, with APA going to lose contracts in some of those key areas, you'd think that that could potentially be a potential M&A takeover target for FMG. Uh, but I, I think about it and, and I can just expand on uh, what uh, the other David said a little bit earlier. So I agree. So I guess uh, a concern is their revenue. So the cogs are slowing. Um I think that they may have had their large growth days behind it, but really the key for their next leg of revenue, if they can get it right, is really helping in that energy transition. We do need to see more government infrastructure spending and then also those uh, those big end of town uh, resources companies as well are uh, inking deals with them. We also probably need to see um, APA win some contracts as well. Um, so that'll probably be key for their next leg up. But if you think about it from a technical perspective right now, um, there's been a huge increase in people taking out options, uh, calls we call them. So expecting upside in APA's share. Mm. So that's something to keep on your radar. Um, but for that to materialise and for APA to hold the next move higher, we will need to see uh, rubber hit the road. We will need to see uh, the wind contracts and um, really some more detail on how they're going to help these big right. um, commodity companies transition to the next phase. Gee, that's an interesting point that you make on the call action uh, for them as well um, with the options. Um, is 6.7%, as David mentioned, uh, Jess, is, would you think of it for an income portfolio? Or, or not at the moment. Is is it a a good yield from them? Is it a good yield? Uh, I guess if you're looking at at something in the infrastructure space, then that's okay if you want to pursue that type of dividend. But I do think that there are better um, income producing or distribution or dividend payers out there and they are in in those larger commodity companies as right. well. Right. But, yeah, I, look, I, I do think there are probably a few more tailwinds for, for APA, so they're not down and out. I mean, they've just, they're looking at a, a Santos um, MOU, a Membrane of, of Understanding. So, I mean, you could also see a pickup in their dividend yield is, right. is basically okay. what I'm trying to say. Right. But you really need to see the rubber hit the road with their contracts. So are you adding APA? Are you, would you be in accumulate-like odds or, or just a hold? 
Okay, so for, for me, it'll be it'll be a hold. Right. Uh, but if I'm looking for short-term upside swing, it'd be um, a bullish position. It'd be oh. it'd be a buy. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Our next stock. Um, oh, we're full of Davids today. David, uh, another da- a viewer. David uh, wants a view on Ingham's, the uh, the big. Uh, poultry and feedstock company that um, uh, was really languishing for the last two years, hasn't it? Uh, and then got that trading up, update out and uh, uh, shot the lights out. Market loved it. Yeah, it's certainly done very well. Uh, and as you said, the, the trading update and some of the recent acquisitions they've made have, have uh, excited the market. And uh, we're, we're seeing a fairly positive view on Ingham's at the moment. Their business is actually in a really, really good position. So demand for chicken and poultry is very, very strong. Mm-hmm. They've got about a 40% market share in Australia. Uh, the prices of, of chicken are, are increasing as well. So the business itself is in a really strong position. Uh, but in light of that recent share price movement and the fact that they're trading where they are, we think that they're probably about fair value at the moment. So right. we've got a hold recommendation on them. Um, so yeah, like the business, think it's it's in a great position. So if it's in your portfolio, I'd be sticking with it. Uh, but given that the recent share price movement, I'd be waiting for a, a bit of a weakness in that price to, to be adding to, to okay. the position. And just what do you think? Is this as good as it gets for Ingham for in the short term? No. No, I'm pretty bullish on this old chook. So, uh, yeah, as David said, they're increasing their prices, but guess what? The costs are actually significantly down as well. So I really do like Ingham's. Uh, you've got to remember that the, be, the biggest cost of actually growing or producing a chicken or a turkey, which is how they make their revenue, so is wheat. So 70% of their costs are wheat. And so the wheat price is actually down 30%. And so think about them increasing their costs. So obviously their margins are going to improve. And the market is actually saying that they think this is the case too. Obviously with seasonality, we've got Christmas, turkey sales are, you know, on a one-way street upwards. Uh, But we know that poultry, um, all in all, is now the preferred meat in Australia. So profit growth, earnings per share growth is is very, very high uh, for next year. But Again, um, as David said, I completely agree. Look for down days to buy. Um, I also do like that they're um, taking out uh, the cost ahead of uh, price hikes in rent. So they've, they've just gone and they've, uh, they've bought a property, which is great. They've got no debt now, but they're taking on debt to buy that property. So basically, um, yeah, they're, they're, I guess, shoring up their balance sheet. They are in a technical pullback at the minute, so so keep an eye on ING's shares. Uh, you could potentially, uh, I guess, get their shares at a bit of a discount given that um, they're likely to pull next year higher. Okay, so you're you're saying sort of buy on weakness coming down. Yeah, yeah. everyone everyone loves a bargain, yeah. uh, but this is a company that's, uh, that's, that's on a strong growth trajectory. Okay. Yep. All right. It also, wheat prices down 30%. We've got cattle prices through the floor. We've got lamb prices through the floor. Um, as a consumer, I really haven't seen those big falls come through to the supermarkets in the inflation figure. And I'm starting to scratch my head a bit about you know whether uh, 
you should be investing in some of these companies who are obviously going to increase their margins and not <laughs> pass it fully on to these consumers. Do you, Jess, do you take that on board? Yeah, absolutely. So we're actually not looking at, um, well, I, I personally haven't been asked any questions about those soft commodity companies that are looking to make a, a profit from uh, from the price of wheat or the price of sugar, et cetera. So those businesses are doing a little bit tougher. So the likes of Ingham's, for example, they're a diversified business. Obviously, a portion of their money does come from wheat. Uh, so that portion of their business is not doing that well. But uh, we, we do know that the, the price of uh, beef is still somewhat holding up. So that is supporting uh, businesses like Elders. Plus, they're also in real estate. Uh, mm. So a, a good example of uh, why you should think about buying a diversified business as opposed to someone who's just say just selling wheat like a grain corp so right, different yeah. different strokes for different folks yeah that's a really important point uh david uh, uh third stock um is super retail going back to the retail space um of course the owner of uh brands like super cheap auto rebel bcf uh, MacPack, 700 retail stores. Um, what do you think of super retail in this environment? Yeah, again, another stock that's done very well in, in recent times. Their share price has had a bit of a pop over the last uh, month or two. Uh, and for that reason, we've got a lightened recommendation on it. Um, we think that their sales have actually continued to hold up better than expected. So I guess in a lot of the, the retail sectors, the analysts... Uh, more downbeat than the reality of the the actual numbers are at the moment, and I guess that's you know that the analysts are looking forward as far as the the forecasts are concerned. Super cheap uh, in their auto division, we're expecting a, about a two percent fall in 2024. Rebel similar, we're thinking that you know a, a single digit uh, reduction in their sales. So think that we're in a period where the the consumer discretionary markets are fairly um, uh, mature, and as we are seeing the the increasing inflation and, and increasing interest rates, looking to see a bit of a a, uh, a flattening of those sales over the next twelve months. So, I think at current levels, uh, the the shares are overvalued. We've got a, a fair value of ten dollars fifty on them. They're currently trading around thirteen thirty six. So, mm. I think that they're they're Overvalued. So if you've got them in your portfolio, I'd be looking at taking some profits at current levels uh, and, and looking for a, a bit of a reduction in that share price. Okay. Uh, Jess, what do you think? Do, do you think they're overvalued? Pretty quite similar to David. So bullish long term, uh, but they're due for a pullback. So, I mean, we've got to think about fund managers as well. They typically like to make hay while the sun shines and they lock in profits. So think about a typical fund manager. They may take profits when a stock rallies up over 10%. I mean, they're up 25% since June. And then if we think about um, the market pricing in uh, this stellar run that we've had of earnings growth for this current quarter, uh, you could argue that that's been priced in. So that's why I agree. I do think that their shares are personally going to pull back. And that's, I guess, somewhat validated from the technical indicators if you look at that. But what I do like, if you think about the long-term picture, if you do wait to pull back 
and then say uh, buy at a cheaper level, uh, obviously, than it is today. I do like their growth rates uh, in Australia and NZ, particularly for uh, BCF um, and MacPac. So that is where they're seeing the most growth multiples. Uh, and they're also paying a divvy as well. So it's, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's got a bit of everything. And, and Jess, uh, from what you and David are saying, this is a classic example, isn't it, of, of how investors should think. Uh, just because you sell a stock or take some profits doesn't mean you just get out of it forever and you say, hey, it's not the stock for me. It's overvalued. Mm. There's an opportunity to bank some profits. It's still a good company. And when uh, the share price falls, uh, you know it so well, get back in and, and ride it back up again. Yep, absolutely. I think that's really uh, critical when we're looking at how we manage our money. It's really important to de-risk and exactly as you said, that basically means taking some profits and putting them in your back pocket and then you can get ready to pounce on another stock that you may like uh, that is on sale at a cheaper price or you could come back to say super retail or whatever the stock that you're looking at that has pulled back. So you believe in a long st- long-term story but you're just basically taking advantage of what is happening at the market level, perhaps because of technical reasons, perhaps it's because fund managers are locking in those profits as we say. But you just really need to be nimble, I guess, if you do want to look at making more money than you are currently. Yeah, yeah, because you, you know, a bit earlier you had a hold on APA, but you saw it as a short-term buy um, at the moment. So you know that's a, a classic double. You take your profits on super retail and take advantage of the weakness in APA. Totally love it. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no. Uh, that, that, uh, but that, uh, here on the call, I like I like running through how you experts think and what we can pick up from it as individual investors. Because I, I think sometimes we get caught up in this set and forget and write it out. But if you want to maximise um, your returns on on a share portfolio, you do have to be nimble, and there are great opportunities that can can sort of boost your overall returns rather than be a bit lazy. Um, all right, David, Craig wants to view our fourth stock on acro formwork and construction. Um, yeah. in, the, uh, in the construction industry, as the name uh, implies, it's in the old fashioned scaffolding business, which is sort of a yeah. company you don't expect to be listed, do you? No, no, it's, it's uh, yeah, an interesting business business and only you know relatively recently listed but we actually really like it we've got a buy recommendation on it uh and in fact our analysts this morning um our odds analysts have released their conviction list and rachel who's the the analyst uh, that covers acro and some of the other stocks it's actually on his conviction list as well so okay what does that mean the conviction list the one that he's the most confident in if you like yeah yeah of the stocks that he covers and they'll they're the analysts will cover about 10 to 15 different stocks and this is the one that you know is his preference uh you know really taking a 12-month view uh and it's a stock that, that um yeah it's exposed as you yes. said to the construction industry uh more of the industrial construction rather than your residential um and it's continued to to increase its market share they're predominantly um or not 
you know, yeah, now 64% or, or so exposed to Queensland and there is actually a lot of growth in, in the construction industry in, in Queensland at the moment. They've recently just made another acquisition. They bought a, a Mackay business, MI Scaffolding, uh, and done a, a last week or the week before did a $15 million capital raise for that. So it is in the business of growing and uh, yeah, mm. currently trading about 80 Eight cents or thereabouts, I think, Over 90 uh, or ninety-four cents actually. Yeah, yeah ninety-four today. Uh, our target price on it's a dollar twenty-five, so we think that there's a lot of upside in it. Uh, and it's yeah, in that construction industry, not your traditional yeah. James Hardy and Laurel, but uh, yeah, a, a reasonable business and very well managed. Yeah, uh, Jess, not a sexy business, but blimey, that is a sexy chart, is it? Yeah. God, it's shot the lights out. It's doubled just this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if uh, if formwork and scaffolding is sexy for you, I guess <laughs> it's uh, it's sexy to a lot of people. I said not a sexy but, business, so I'm oh, just saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but sexy chart. <laughs> it is a sexy chart. Everyone loves a sexy chart. I think what is also sexy is their forward growth rates. And so when I'm looking at a company, I'm thinking about. Okay, well, do we have any transparency on what their books or what their orders or what their outlook is for the year ahead? And for this company, I guess a lot of Aussies might not know about it, but uh, they are they are moving and shaking and they're going into a lot of contracts with the government, which I like, but then think about forward orders. Uh, they actually see forward contracts going growing to the tune of 30%. So I like that. Um, they're also growing into new markets of their formwork business. And so we think about the formwork and scaffolding business that we've touched on. That's actually 60% of their business. Um, and in that business, they've just gone into a new market. Um, I don't actually know the correct way to describe it, but it's basically jump work uh, is what they call it. Um, and it's essentially, you know, high-rise scaffolding. Yeah. Um and I believe that they do have um, a monopoly, I guess, in that. So that is that is quite exciting. And then think about the other 40% of their business. They actually are doing engineering in minerals. So that is quite interesting. So a bit of a diversified business. So I like that. But if you think about those forward growth rates, that is that is what's most exciting. And they can sink their teeth into a lot of key government projects uh, that are hip-hop and happening you know, in Victoria, uh, we know there's a major project uh, that's basically uh, de developing their train lines so passengers don't have to travel through the Sydney CBD to get to the other side. So they, they're pretty optimistic about winning mm. some contracts in there. Um, and then contracts to the smaller tune potentially could be one uh, for Sydney Metro as well. So yeah, I'm pretty bullish uh, personally on this one. Um, yeah, so pretty buy, exciting diversified business. I buy from you. Yep, as well. Yep. Um, good result there for Acro. Um, David, uh, Craig wants to be on Laser Bond um, in the mining minerals processing industry, but all about technology for uh, improving machinery life and, and efficiency, uh, engineering business. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very interesting business, I've got to say, and I have to admit, it's one that up until last week I didn't know anything about. So uh, it's one of those hidden gems, I guess, that um, yeah has been uncovered by the by the viewer. Uh, it's a specialist surface engineering company that 
focuses on, as you said, uh, improving the, the wear of uh, manufacturing components. Um, and it seems to have a fairly good market share in that space. Not much negative about the stock in that their sales have continued to, to grow, their profits have continued to grow. They've got some, uh, the last three years, a compound annual growth rate of over 20%. Uh, and last year their revenue was up 25%. So it's actually a uh, yeah an interesting little business. Um, market cap's less than 100 million, so it's it's a very small company and doesn't seem to have much coverage from any of the analysts, in, including our own. Um, so you know that's probably the the negative in that it doesn't get a lot of uh, institutional support. And the when I look at the share register, it's mainly held by. Um, a lot of the, the management and, and founders of the business. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's it's probably one that, you know, you could have a, a bit of a, a small nibble at, um, but bearing in mind it is only a fairly small company, um, but it is profitable and, okay. and continues to grow. Uh, Jess? I think I'm sitting in the same camp. So little known stock, very little coverage uh, for me to be a neutral. What I do like about it is, um, well, I've actually interviewed the CEO before, so it does seem like a well-managed business, and that is why you're definitely seeing all key uh, metrics grow. So that is that is positive. Uh, so we do know that they're probably going to potentially be earmarked later on. If they do grow, um, they could potentially be earmarked as a beneficiary for the AI industry, of course, uh, because they're playing in that um in that service space. So that could be one to watch if you are stringing that bow, so to speak. So good, strong, I guess, good, steady uh, revenue stream, but I don't really like that it's not liquid. I also agree uh, it is tightly held by a lot of management. Um, so that's, I guess, something that, I don't know, is keeping it kind of hot hovering around but their shares from a technical perspective if you are looking uh, for an opportunity to buy their shares could rally but I do think uh, there are potentially a bit more uh, transparent growth opportunities out there okay all right so not for you no okay all right let's recap the first five stocks and our stock of the day which was a door um after that takeover offer which it rejected uh, a hold from both david and jess uh apa and accumulate from david and ords hold um from jess but uh would be a buy for the short term she sees some um some some good value there uh ingham's uh buy on weakness from jess a hold from david uh take some profits on super retail having said that jess was saying look take some profits when there's a pullback you can easily buy back in again because for the long term it still has good potential in it acro buy from both and laser bond a nibble from uh, David Lane and no from Jess. Here on the call, we've been following our own high conviction fantasy fund as picked by the investment committee. Latest episode of the committee meeting uh, live on Ausbiz uh, going into November. 1% was trimmed by the investment committee from M8 Financial added to Challenger and uh, the portfolio is up around 10%. 
Um, all right, this half hour, we're going to run the ruler over 360 Capital Group, REA, Wise Tech Global, Zero and Block. Uh, David Lane, Gary wants a view on uh, 360 Capital Group, the property investment and fund management group, sort of uh, basically a REIT, is it? Yeah, it's a REIT management business. So it looks after uh, a number of different um, REITs. Hotel property investments is, is one that it looks after, as well as uh, 360 Capital REIT. Um, so they get a lot of their, their income from managing those assets and their investments in, in those REITs themselves. Uh, as you can see, the share price is pretty ordinary over the last 12 months. And their results have been fairly ordinary as well. So they last uh, last result they had a statutory net loss of 20.8 million, uh, and that was due to write downs in the the assets of of both of their their main investments. Uh, so you know it's suffering as many of the REITs are from the current environment and the fact that we in, in rising interest rate environments the cap rates change and the valuations of, of properties have changed. They are trading below their NTA, so they've got an NTA of about 75 cents, uh, currently trading at, at 53 cents, so they are at a discount there. But given they're the management business and a, and a relatively small management business, I'd probably steer clear of this one. Uh, I'd actually be looking at buying hotel property investments, the actual you know, one of the, the companies that they invest in themselves. So if you're wanting an exposure to that sector, I'd be buying HPI. Um, so they're currently trading at 268. We've got a target price of 330 on them. Uh, okay. And I think you're probably better off having just the pure exposure rather, rather than, than the management, management business, which is a bit, bit confusing. Okay, all right, which is quite unusual. There's a lot, lot of analysts say buy the manager rather than the trust, but because of the confusion on 360 capital, other way around for you. Yeah, and the fact that we've seen not just in hotel property, but but in most REITs around the market, we've seen a very significant sell-off in them. So oh, there is actually value there for patient investors looking at, at long-term returns and buying assets potentially below their long-term valuation. Yeah, yeah. We just need the interest rate environment to turn around, don't we? That'll bring the confidence yeah, back into REITs. Uh, Jess, right. Jess what do you think of 360 Capital? Yeah, for me, it's a neutral, I guess, uh, or a, a no, if I can say that. Yeah. yeah, so they are an active property management group. And then so just touching on some of those numbers that were – that were mentioned, all the key, uh, I guess, key numbers that we look at have been declining for some time, but of course, specifically since 2019. So the rental income growth is reversing, uh, but this year it's likely to potentially see a turnaround if you do have a look at consensus. And they are, uh, believe it or not, um, a paying a yield as well. So uh, for some, uh, you'd think that they've that their sticky shareholders are not really going away, uh, but you probably need to see um, a good turnaround in their earnings for that yield to pop up. And you really need to see, uh, you know, their key metrics rise for their shares to turn around. So I do also think there's better opportunities in the property space. For me, I, I personally like the diversified 
company, uh, Centuria Capital Group. Uh, so they, they're making money from industrial, uh, they're making money from office, and um, they're also in healthcare as well. So again, I like to think about diversified groups. And then, of course, uh, Goodman as well. Yeah. So plenty of other, um, I guess, pork yeah. put on your fork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, next stock, uh, Michael wants a view, David, on REA Group, the uh, the big property platform, bigger shareholder. News Corp was some discussion uh, again uh, in recent months whether News Corp should be cashing in REA, or uh, but it's a pretty valuable asset on their balance sheet, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, it is. It's, it's done very well. Uh, and I guess... Yeah, this is a, a very good example of what you were saying earlier of that difference between whether it's a good business and whether it's at good value. Um, yeah. When I read the analyst report, they're very, very glowing about REA Group and about the management and about the fact that it's the dominant platform. It's got a better footprint around the country than Domain. It seems to have better pricing than Domain. Um, domain is is you know has a reasonable market share in Sydney and Melbourne, but outside of Sydney and Melbourne, it, it doesn't have anywhere near the, the exposure that REA Group does. Uh, so very, very glowing about the business and about uh, what it's done, but the current share price uh, is above the, the fair value. So we think right. that they're, they're overvalued at current price. The analyst has a, uh, a fair value of $109 on it, uh, so thinks that they're, they're overvalued. Uh, and oh, a long he shot. Gets that yeah, gets that by looking at a PE ratio of 30 times. They're currently trading on a PE ratio of 56 times, forecasting that this year in 2024 it'll be 42 times. So, yeah, looking expensive at current levels. So, yeah, we've got a lightened recommendation mm. on it. Okay. Uh, so I suppose if... If News Corp are listening to us, they they would be taking a few profits. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Jess, would you be taking profits on REA at this level? Yes, taking profits. Uh, but, of course, it's one of Australia's uh, greats. So looking to accumulate on pullback. So uh, just speaking about that pullback from a technical perspective, their shares are, I guess, lacking direction. Um, and we know that's probably because, you know, shareholders are like, well, hang on a minute, what's actually going on with interest rates? We don't really know. Um, but they are up uh, 11% from October. So you would be expecting some of those swing traders to be locking in those profits there. But then thinking about how they make their money, of course, 75% of that is from property ads. Um, but they are looking quite expensive. But we do know uh, their revenue uh, will be likely growing next year. And a key um, cohort of that growth uh, will likely be linked to their success or investment in India. So uh, this is a company that goes back to what we were saying earlier, look about uh, look to weakness as an opportunity to buy in. So that's something to think about for REA. Okay, so uh, take some profits, buy on weakness. Where would, Jess, where would you see it getting down to for you to get back in? I don't know because the technicals are a little bit confusing at the minute and right. I think that really reflects that there's lack of clarity um, and there's, I, I'd say that there's lack of conviction. So just speaking about the the price multiple, that's what, 
the investment world is looking at. So if you think about big picture consensus, so David, I, I believe, touched on the odds uh, price to earnings. But if you think about what the market's looking at, or the average analyst, uh, they're looking at a blended forward earnings of 36 times earnings. So that's above their average. Right. So it's, the market's thinking, hey, this is pretty expensive. We right. don't really know what's happening. Uh, consumers are doing it tough. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, around this time of year, of course, uh, there's not many listings. Of course, uh, a lot of real estate agents close. They have forced closures for the last couple of weeks of the year. So obviously mm -hmm. there's going to be a pullback in seasonality in their revenue. So that's why I I probably would be looking to see a pullback Um so I'd be looking at so looking at the moving averages. Um, I don't know how much of the viewers know about technicals, moving average, convergence, divergence, and the RSI to basically potentially see a bottoming out before you think that it could be a bottom. Okay, all right, and keep watching Ausbiz because uh, yes. the experts will give give you the nod when they think it's re reaching uh, uh, back to a level you should be having a look into. All right, our eight stock, uh, Stephen wants a view, David, on WiseTech, the big uh, logistics platform founded by Richard White, who was uh, uh, a guitar technician for the Angels <laughs> and ACDC. My brother used to manage ACDC, and he remembers oh, really? Richard. Okay. Richard would have this Excel spreadsheet on logistics <laughs> when on how the band would be touring, going from one state to the other. Um, yep. And he said it was the most confusing spreadsheet he's ever seen in his life, but it worked. And <laughs> look, that spreadsheet has turned into a multi-billion-dollar global logistics company. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's an extraordinary story, isn't it? And yeah. that they have, they've done exceptionally well. Uh, it's a business that, as you said, is is um, used by logistics companies, uh, not only in Australia, but all around the world. And it is a business that we think will continue to grow very, very strongly. So uh, their revenue growth was up by about 29%. Uh, EBITDA growth was up by 21% in their last results. And we think that their cargo wise has the potential to be the industry default mm. uh, and mm. as a result of that we've got an accumulate recommendation on it it is one of those stocks though you look at it and from a you know we were talking about the pe of rea group well the pe of wise tech is is significantly higher than that uh, currently a pe of about a hundred times um, wow. but because of the forecast growth of their earnings over the next few years the analyst is fairly confident confident that um, that will come down over time as as they continue to grow because they've been a, a business that you know, has been able to leverage their technology and and get better margins from their sales. Uh, so yeah, we think that at current levels it is good value. Um, our fair value it was $95. So there's certainly a lot of upside um, wow. from yep. the current share price. And Jess, when, it, when you look at that chart, you know, we've talked a lot today about different stocks saying, take some profits here, buy on a pullback. Well, if you'd taken profits at, what, $90, $87 or $90 on WiseTech in July, it's had the pullback, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. I think the chart also tells a bit of a different story as well. So we've got to remember the first half of the year, container rates actually didn't do so well. But in the second half of the year, they're actually picking up. 
And that also, uh, I guess, goes hand in fist with seasonality, but of course, uh, China starting to recover. So you speak about those freight companies. So they are uh, the largest freight tech company in the world. So they're monopolistic. So they're with 18 of the 18 largest freight companies in the world. They are a monopoly. So uh, UPS and the like, you name it, uh, they all do business with um, with WiseTech. I've actually got um, disclosure. I actually hold a, I actually hold shares in WiseTech, and uh, I know some executives at WiseTech as well. That's not the reason I like it, but I know it's business inside and out, and I do know that they've been increasing their costs, and because of that monopolistic market that they're in, they can afford to do that, and their earnings are growing, and the cargo wise. Um, uh, purchase was uh, was very fruitful for the business, but of course seasonality. This time of year, we do know earnings um, does pick up. Of course, uh, we know Black Friday sales were a record. We saw the numbers earlier today. Greasy mm. uh, shopping, so it's it's a one way street for for container rates from here on in. Um, yeah, so, so I think um, this is. Yes, 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 yes. And then you also got to think about their forecasts that they put out last week as well. So we spoke about um, being, I guess, optimistic on a business where you can say we're a business or we can say what their earnings growth is likely to be next year or what their order book looks like. So, you know, you're looking at potentially upwards of over 35% revenue growth. Earnings growth, 18 to 27%, um, and that was uh, more or less uh, better than um, analysts expected. So that is quite good. Uh, but do think about um, looking at pullbacks, as you said. So near-term earnings uh, may be slightly lower uh, because of the integration of cargo-wise, but long-term, uh, they do see earnings margins approving um, okay. and returning to 50%. Yeah, it's interesting. Here on the call, we, we talk a lot about these tech stocks, platform stocks. Do they have a moat uh, and around them, uh, building a monopoly? Everyone uh, always points to Ordinate as a classic example of that um, on a global scale. And from what you two are, are saying, WiseTech is building that in that logistics sector as well and you don't get many opportunities in companies like that fascinating all right and next doc uh, david adrian wants a view on zero the uh, small business accounting uh, platform that never used to make a profit interest rates went <laughs> up so the share price was crucified like all tech stocks yep. and then i give great credit to Zero's management that said, okay, it's a different environment now. We're going to pull back on the research and development. We're going to start making cash and profits like everyone's expecting. So they reacted to the market and, and it paid off for them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it, it has done quite well. Um, we did see though their share price come off recently. Uh, there was a bit of disappointment about their, their latest result uh, and that they've their sales or profit was a little bit below what the market had anticipated. And a lot of that has been with their international expansion. So their Australian and New Zealand business has been doing very well. Um, they've got a very good market share there and they have moved into the US. Uh, the analyst is, is fairly confident about their Australian New Zealand business, but less confident about their 
US expansion right. and their international growth. Um, it is a, a more competitive market overseas. Uh, they've managed to, you know, get a lot of business off MYOB here in Australia, uh, but it, you know, you, you're competing with some bigger players over in the US, so probably less conviction about their their international expansion. Um, we've got a light and recommendation on them. Think that they're probably probably overvalued at current levels, uh, fair value of about $78, and they're currently over $100. So okay. I think that there's still some downside on them in the current market. And uh, yeah, I suppose unlike um, unlike WiseTech, it is more of a, a marketing-focused business. So mm. you know, they need to keep investing in their marketing to pick up new customers, um, whereas WiseTech haven't necessarily needed to spend as much on their marketing, it's been the fact that their their software has been almost essential for the industry. Yeah. Um, so yeah, probably a difference between the two. So we've got a light and recommendation okay. on zero. Uh, Jess, what's your view on zero? I don't think um, I know anyone who doesn't love using zero. Um, so they've definitely got sticky clients. But to David's point, sticky clients in Australia, not really sure how that'll uh, go through in um, in the international expansion. It's definitely pulled back. Um, it is tightly held. I do like that. Speaking about tightly held, you've got to think that, you know, this is one of the biggest tech stocks in Australia. And, of course, when uh, ETF portfolios rebalance every quarter, uh, what are they going to have to essentially be forced to top up exposure in, well, it's stocks that have pulled back. So you might be seeing a potential seasonality rally uh, with rebalancing, um, and I'd be looking for that um, at the end of Q1. Okay. All right. And our final stock, David, uh, Anjali wants a view on Block, the old uh, square that bought Afterpay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a, a fascinating business and it's a good way for Australian investors to get an exposure to a, a global uh, tech business. Uh, as you said, it, you know, many Australians would know it as Afterpay, but it, it is a lot more than that now. So they've got Square. The big driver that uh, has been you know, driving their, their earnings over the last couple of years has been their cash app. Uh, which is part of, of the business over in the US uh, and now making a, you know, a bigger expansion globally. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting business. We've got an Accumulate recommendation on it. Um, they've got the, the rock star CEO, Jack Dorsey, who uh, gets not only a lot of um, business headlines, but also gets a lot of uh, general headlines ar around the world. Um, but he he you know, is doubling down on, on staying at the business and, and driving the growth there. So, uh, yeah, it's a business that we think has, has a lot of mm. growth potential. Okay. Uh, and at current levels, it's, it's reasonably attractive. Okay. All right. A, a buy for Block. Jess, of course, uh, Jack Dorsey, after uh, selling off, um, is also the founder of Twitter. So got rid of that and can now focus <laughs> on just the one multi-billion dollar company rather than two. Yeah, love it. I love Block. So a lot of us probably use Block and we don't know it. So 40% um, of their money actually comes from the Square app. So think about when you, you know, buy a morning coffee or, you know, a, 
sausage and egg, whatever you want to have for brunch or dinner. A lot of uh, a lot of businesses, merchants around Australia are actually using square that block also sees that penetration rising in Australia. But then think about the other portion of their revenue, and this is, I guess, the um, sexy hot sauce bit. So Bitcoin, they actually make a large chunk of their revenue, about 40% of their revenue comes from Bitcoin transactions. How on earth is that possible? Or they actually take a ticket, they take a percentage every time you essentially pay with Bitcoin in the U.S., um, and they they get a percentage of that conversion fee. Didn't, so it's, I it's did monumental, not know that. right? That's and so, incredible. Yeah, yeah. I literally got goosebumps. About, <laughs> and, oh, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but I was impressed with the um, with the knowledge. That was good. <laughs> yeah. So just just quickly, Koshi, what's really interesting with this? I mean, I don't know if you if you track the Bitcoin price, but the Bitcoin price is on the move. It's a bit of a I guess a slow steam train, but that's of course uh, the Bitcoin price is, you know, has been tapping on thirty-eight thousand, and so the higher the Bitcoin price goes up, because uh, it'll likely um, potentially, if the US approves that Bitcoin-linked ETF, plus uh, the Bitcoin price is moving up because the Fed's right. uh, potentially going to cut in March, then that also supports Block's revenue. So. They're making money from transactions and also the price of Bitcoin going up. So okay. a pretty diversified business. All right. So and so you'd have it to buy at these levels? And I I reckon Yes. I wish I had more money to buy it. Okay. Yes. Uh, well, given all the Bitcoin scams <laughs> that use my image, I avoid it like the plague. Uh, but mm. my, maybe Block is a way of getting exposure to uh, Bitcoin, which is a bit more traditional. Good one. All right. Um, we're fast running out of time. Uh, David Lane from uh, uh, from Ords. Great to see you, mate. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Jessica Amir from Moomoo. Um, great to have you, you on the show, Jess. Um, catch up Thank again you. soon. Uh, just, Thanks for having me. Just recapping the final five stocks, um, 360 Capital, I know from both David prefers uh, HPI, uh, Jess Centuria in that area. Um, REA take profits. Um, um, it's at 152 bucks at the moment. Ords have a fair value of 109. Um, so Jess is also saying take profits on REA, uh, wait for it to pull back and then get back in again there. WiseTech, a buy and accumulate from both, zero and no, a sell from both, and a, a block is a buy from both. Now, have you ever wondered about the secret to success in stock picking? Uh, join stock doctors Daniel Ortizzi and Tim Lincoln as they lift the lid on the rigorous filters and process they use to pick stocks and power returns. Daniel, a regular on the call, and we love him. Uh, some of these secrets have led to the stock doctor star stocks funds to yield 19.3% per annum return since inception. Don't miss this opportunity to ask them questions to learn how they do it. It's free to register. Head to osbiz.co slash stockdoctor. They are two of our favorite experts. So that's a great opportunity to be involved. That's it for the call for today. If you'd like us to send us any stocks, go to oddsbiz.co slash callpix or tweet us using the at TV. Stick around, the Pulse is next.